Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. Uh, You've just got Trey today. Um, Steph has uh, embarked on a new job, and and, uh, we're going to have to uh, re-address kind of when this show happens. But since we're still on Wednesdays, I will... um, I will be here along with Dennis, who's producing the show, and we'll um, we're going to talk about a few things. I this kind of was prompted by a couple of issues. The the, the um, content of this show one was I was listening to uh, a Christian radio show yesterday, and and I've heard I've noticed a few times where there's been um, sometimes when people uh, will say things and and it's not quite as precise as it maybe should be, and then. Um, not only that, but uh, it is uh, maybe a little bit um, confusing if you actually take the words as themselves. For example, I'll, and I'll just throw this out, and then we'll start with the prayer. But um, I uh, heard a guy yesterday, and he, and it was some preacher, and he said that you know that Jesus became a person on the day he. Well, that's not that's not true. <laughs> he was a person. He was the second person in the Holy Trinity. He's been a person for all eternity. Um, and, and those are small things, but they're, but, but we do need to be a little bit more precise once in a while. And I thought in terms of precision, Pope Benedict, uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict, um, is one of those very precise people. He's very clear with what he says. And, and I was telling Dennis that, that I've been, I've enjoyed this. I've, I've had this on my desk at work for a while, but, uh, it is basically a quote a day from from Pope from Pope Benedict, and I've especially um, have enjoyed uh, this Advent season for various reasons. Now, obviously, there's quite a few days in Advent, so we can't go through all of them. But but I'm going to flip through these, and we're going to read them, and then uh, and then talk about uh, not only how precise it is, but how it applies to our daily lives. Because I think they're it. My my, my poor kids get screenshots of these pretty regularly because <laughs> you know and it's you know three or six it's the same ones over and over but i never quite get bored it seems like it always hits at the right time so you know and i'm going to provide the comical relief today because the only calendar desk desk calendar that i typically have is a uh, far side calendar sorry <laughs> oh. trey <laughs> so, <laughs> well so that, yeah but, and these forward. are and these are i mean you know there there are some that are that are deeper than others but i think that we can all learn something from him yeah i'm I looking mean, forward to to talking about through. some of these but let's begin with our prayer in the name Seth, of the Father, and Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, 
Grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pope, uh, St. Pope John Paul II, pray, pray for, for us. us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for, pray us. for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so anyway, I, I just was noticing this time of year, there's a lot of, um, it, it's much more readily of apparent <laughs> uh, Christians who are Christians in the way, and it just becomes more, I mean, even now when you, when you, when you get addressed with, uh, you know, happy holidays or whatever, I think most of us probably answer with a Merry Christmas or, right. or whatever. It just, it seems to be more like on the, more external, more people know kind of where you, where you are. There's, there, you know, if you have a Jesus, I mean, there's just things that point to the fact that, that we believe that Jesus is who Jesus is. Right. And um, anyway, because of that, I think that you, I, at least I noticed that there's a lot more on and around that, that kind of by the way people talk and they sometimes may say things that they, they don't realize that they're saying by, by not being quite as clear. And I think that we, while we don't have to sit there and correct people and we, and we really probably shouldn't, it is important for us to notice. And particularly if we're listening with our kids it's important to maybe point out and even use those as step-off points to talk about, well, why is this important? Um, like I said, for example, I mean, we were sitting there with, with a number of them, and, and it was very clear that this person was saying, this preacher was saying that Jesus became a person hmm. on that. And and I was like, you know, why would that even be important um, to clarify that? And while I wouldn't probably call the guy up and say, hey, you know, <laughs> Jesus has been a person the the, per, the second person of the Trinity has been a person for the entirety of his being. And, and what right. he means is that he took on humanity at that. The incarnation occurred. Right, but he was careless in the way he said it. And the careless in the way he said it because it's like, okay, well, God's not a person, and then he became a person. Um, no, really the second person of the Holy Trinity who has existed for all time, for, for eternity. Um, there was never a time that he was not. He's always existed did in time become uh, took on humanity took on a human nature and that person is jesus christ so um who is our savior who is our lord who is the reason for the season there's really two seasons that we that we talk about as being extraordinarily special one of course is easter uh, the passion death resurrection of jesus and we celebrate that in an octave, which is cool, mm-hmm. um, the, an eight-day day, so to speak, from Easter Sunday starting there to um, Divine Mercy Sunday. So it's Sunday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, which is the church's way of saying, okay, this is a very special day. It's so special that actually its day is eight days. Right. There's only one other time that that, that, that is, which is now, you know, um, Christmas, when Christmas hits, it's an eight-day day, too. It's an octave it's from Christmas Day through Feast of the Holy Family. I think so, yeah, eight days. I believe it's Easter. It's what January or maybe Mary Mother of God, I think. Is oh. Yeah, 
See? Yeah. That's where so, I, I need a better calendar on my desk. I believe, yeah, because it would be <laughs> on the, the first. The yes. first is Mary Mother. My apologies. Right. right. But but anyway, I mean, the the bottom line is, is that, that there is a... Um, there is a purpose behind the way the church teaches <laughs> teaches these things, and the fact that you know, I, I always joke with the kids. We're currently, and and maybe some of y'all think we're 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 crazy, but we have a tree up with nothing else up. Mm-hmm. All right, we always decorate our Christmas tree on on uh, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when we decorate it. So yeah. we may put up lights sometime prior to that. But we do it, and I mean, I'm telling you, how many people have come? How many kids? You have a tree up and no lights, you yeah. know. And I'm, and then I'm like, yeah, but you know, when y'all have got rid of the tree, we're gonna have a tree here for another, for another month. month, yeah, because <laughs> we're gonna go, we're gonna go probably all the way till uh, the transfigure. I mean, uh, the baptism of jo- of of uh, of Jesus. Actually, I think, it's, yeah. Anyway, baptism of the Lord. I think it's the baptism of the Lord. Is the first? Is the first? It's usually February. End of the Christmas season. The end of the Christmas season. Um, but anyway, the bottom line is is that there are ways with signs and symbols, the things that we see, and the church is purposeful about that, um, that we can teach or at least provide the opportunity. Like one of friends getting in the car and going, how come you only have a tree up? Yeah. You know? um, and <laughs> when we go to a friend's house who will spend – well, who we'll spend New Year's with, who's our, some of our best friends. Yes. Um, not, they're not, not Catholic, but I mean, I'm telling you on the 26th at eight o'clock in the morning, that puppy's that, out to that the curb, out to the curb, you know? Yep. And he's going to be saying, stop living in the past, <laughs> move on. But I mean, they've had it up and it's funny cause you, cause you talk, you talk about, uh, the 12 days of Christmas. We sing the 12 days of Christmas. Right. Well, what are those 12 days? I mean, Nobody really thinks about it. Twelve days begin on Christmas on Day, Christmas and they go Day. and they go they go until the Epiphany, right? Yes, till January till January sixth, um, which is when the three wise men, the three kings, uh, find Jesus. And it's most people have their Christmas tree down. Most people have totally forgotten about Christmas at that point. Whereas we should be. And, you know, Stephanie does a really neat thing, which I think is, I don't know how many people I think her family did it, was, you know, Jesus gets put into the deal, but but around the house, mm-hmm. there you'll find these wise men getting kind of closer. in different, getting different <laughs> places in the house as they come up until the Feast of the Epiphany when when they're now placed where Jesus is. Yeah. And again, the church is so awesome because... She provides us with the opportunity to teach even young people just by those things. Stephanie's been doing that with, with, with our family for, well, since we've had kids. Yeah. And I think her mom maybe did it before that, but there's some great wisdom and excitement even, keeping that excitement going for the 12 days following Christmas that's tied to a proper understanding of what, what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and what's going on here is God became man. He the God of the universe who's existed for all time became man right, and did things that you and I do ate, right. Worried about a place to stay, had family. I mean, those are, those are things that are so important for us to actually contemplate that God who could have come in any way, shape or form that he wanted Mm -hmm. came as a human who could have come as any human 
I mean, it, in whatever form he wanted. And I, I mean, what I mean by that is he could have come as a king. He could right. have come in a very wealthy family. He could have come um, in a in a very safe environment, always protected. Somebody who was pointed to and said, that is a special child. Well, I think that's what you everyone know. was expecting the Messiah to be, was a, exactly. a king and a warrior. And, 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 and so to point to them and, and point to your kids, even as you, as you have your nativity scenes up that, I mean, just, you know, it's all, it seems so great, but think about what that is. It's a barn. It's with a bunch of animals. Now, you know, it's magnified and everybody gets so used to it that we don't think about it. But those are things that as a family, we've got to contemplate. Just think about this. Let's think of tonight on Christmas Eve, we're going to not be able to stay in our house. Oh, great. I found a barn and there's some cows and stuff and we're going to sleep there. And in fact, the littlest of you is going to sleep in a trough. Yeah. I mean, think about that. That's not, he could have come in a multitude of ways. He's God. He could have been born in a multitude of circumstances, Mm -hmm. but he chose. He's the only person. (laughs) He's the only person who's chosen with God, with God, the father together with God, the father willed that I be born to this woman with this man as a stepfather on the Run, yeah. <laughs> you know, on a donkey, not at home, in a stable. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get our kids and we've got to think about that ourselves. That says something about God. It says something about his love for us. It says something about what we should hold as important. Um, those are things to contemplate and, and think about and the fact that he became human, took on human flesh, um, reveals to us how dignified we are. But that dignity doesn't lie in how wealthy a family I come from. It doesn't lie in uh, where I was born or in what manner I came into the world or how much money I have. It matters um, that God came to be with us and that he, in fact, died for us in order that we might be with him forever, no matter what background we have, no matter how much money we have. Um, I've always thought, I mean, for fathers out there, you know, think about this. I mean, there have been times in my life when I felt like I failed my family or I've not done all that I could or something has happened. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, that's why I love St. Joseph so much. I mean, I, I know he, <laughs> he had to have been, you know, doing all the right things. And I get to Bethlehem and I've got this pregnant lady <laughs> with me, with a miraculous child that I, that I believe to be the case. Cause by then he's not in, I mean, think about it as a dad. I can't find any place for them, <laughs> not only to sleep, but right. but for this for this woman who I love to to have to have the baby mm-hmm. in a barn. I, I mean, there are times when I look at that and think, okay, of all the the times I've gotten down on myself for things that I've not done as well as a as a dad, I think that had to have at least been a part of the suffering that he had to bear no matter how much faith he had. 
um, which he had to have had faith. But there had to have been a part of him saying, Lord, I mean, I, I would like to like maybe get four walls around yeah. her and, and not have this be such a public event, you mm-hmm. know, um, and to protect her from, from that. And I think those are just as family members during this time to really look at the things that we do. I think sometimes the cross is another example, not usually used during this time, but to think about what that cross is. I mean, we use it as the, the center it's in every church, but that's, that is um, a representation of torture. I mean, if you think about the things that we put out there, sometimes we forget that it's really important to actually think about what we're looking at because we get so used to it. Right. And we see a crucifix and Mm -hmm. it's great. We see a, a, a um, baby in a manger with a bunch of animals around and we think, Oh, that's great. But I mean, sometimes you got to get down to like the actual, what is that representing? And really what that's representing a real Mm -hmm. moment in history when God did something amazing. And I said, these two biggest days, when he died on a cross and now when he's being born um, into a family, um, <laughs> those are striking. He doesn't come like in a normal, like, oh, nice hospital bed with nurse. Can I get you something <laughs> to drink? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not, it's not as uh, certainly if I was planning my own birth and was, was able to have an impact, um, I wouldn't be doing that. I mean, I, I would have chose something better, I think. <laughs> yeah, it it it's amazing when you look at the 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 figurine, say of the nativity that you have up on the fireplace mantle or wherever in the house. But sink yourself really into what that right. was like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing. To if think you've about. ever been to like a live uh, a live, I mean, there's live stations, but I've actually been to a live nativity scene. Like mm-hmm. there was one in like Burnett, Texas. I don't know if they still do it, but you can wander through this town and they have you know it's it, it's representative of like Christmas Eve and Christmas and you know you wander through this town and there's people just doing business and things going on and and you actually will have Mary and Joseph walk by saying I'm trying to find you know knocking and you'll see stuff and then right. end up there over there in the and I mean when you start thinking about it, I, could, I as a dad I can't find a place for him to stay this is the best I can do you know I, I would think that would be um I felt similar on and much less dire straits in terms yeah. of my, my failure. Um, and can I actually just say, Lord, I, I give it to you, which is obviously what Joseph did. Very humbling at least at the very minimal, at very minimal. Yeah. I mean, what kind of husband are you? You yeah. know, I mean, um, so anyway, I, I just think that this is a time to do it. I, I'll add one more as we go through, cause I think we'll get to the, to the three Kings. And this is pointing back to the whole idea of the mystery of parenthood. Very important as we talk about and go towards the epiphany. I find it striking. And again, we've talked about it before. You have these three wise men, right? And they're one, they're following the star across all these places. And, and everybody, including King Herod is believing. Yeah. They know uh, where this new King is. And, and King Herod wants to, kill this right. baby and and they get there you got to think that most people including probably king herod you know you say he doesn't know where he is and and all that kind of stuff but there's got to be a part somewhere back there i can't imagine that these three wealthy kings with all these presents show up at a barn 
in front of a baby and start to worship the baby, right? And provide the gifts of a king to a baby who's being born in a stable, the the lowest of things, that somehow they're able to see what others can't see. That's that's what the mystery is, that they, in what looks like just a poor family with no place to stay and this poor baby. And it's not like they were in a remote location. The reason they were staying in the barn is because there was no room. There was no room. So this is like going like into a big city. I mean, they're sitting right there and these people come and there's angels and, and all that. But you've got to believe a lot of people. I mean, I'm just trying to go back in that. We're walking around, and most of them are probably going, what the heck are those nutcases doing? Yeah. I mean, and and that is part of what it means to be Christian. It's so accepted what we believe that we don't actually dive into the radicalness of what we believe. We believe that God, the second person of the Trinity, the, the creator <laughs> of, everything. of everything, comes and comes into this world right in front of us, right in the midst of us, in in a way that is so contrary to what we would expect from God that people miss him. And if you think about the the entirety of Revelation from then till even now, God continues to reveal himself in ways that are unexpected, that are out of the ordinary, that are um, ways that are easy to miss unless we have the eyes of faith to see. I'll, I'll, I mean, we've talked about this before. So there's the first one that, we, that we're aware of. These three kings or the wise men, they have an epiphany. Oh, my gosh. This child is to be worshipped. He is a king. <laughs> Doesn't look like a king. The way he came into this world, sure as heck not acting like a king. The only people that are singing songs to him are little shepherds and, and nobody else. But we see him as that. And they recognize him. Herod can't ever find him because he's looking with his own eyes, not with the eyes of faith that these three kings are watching. Well, if you go forward to like when Jesus is goes back to his hometown, I always use this one as an example. And and they say that he could not perform many miracles. Why? Um, because of their lack of faith. Why was there a lack of faith? I always say it's pretty easy why there's a lack of faith. Those people grew up with him. There was nothing really impressive about him. There was nothing that said, this guy's the Messiah. He was just a carpenter's son. He he didn't pull out the miracles as he a, didn't pull out the miracles as a toddler. He wasn't pulling you know rabbits out of the hat and say, "Oh man, that guy's so cool! <laughs> I know he's got something special." He lived an ordinary life. It's very apparent because when he comes back, there's behind the scenes you can you can hear them saying, "I know this kid. How the heck is he? There's he's not the Messiah. That's I, the carpenter's. That's son. the carpenter's son." Again. Because of his ordinariness, because of it, it looks different than we would expect, we don't believe, or people don't believe. The last judgment in Matthew 25, go, go read the last judgment, and Jesus talks about coming back, and he separates 
the sheep from the goats, right? The lamb, I mean, he separates the good from the bad, those that are going to heaven and those are going to hell. And what does he say? When you were hungry, you fed me. When you were thirsty, you gave me to drink. And the people that go, they, 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 in a, they even say, when did we see you hungry and feed you? And he says, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Well, you, on, on the flip side, you have these other people who go, when did we see you hungry and not give you something to eat? And when did we see you thirsty and not give you something to drink? And he calls us to that. We missed, they missed him, even on both sides, but they missed him. Why? Because they're looking for the way we think God should be, the way we think God should appear. But yet he chooses to come in the least of my breath. That's what the whole year of mercy was about, right? That's what Pope Francis has been saying. Don't miss him in the poor. Don't miss him in, in, in the ways that we don't see. And I'll carry it one step further because this is one that's, that's going on right now. He comes to us in what looks like a piece of bread looks like a cracker and we take it on faith and we say we bow and reverence and worship this thing that looks like a bread but it's really him but people miss him again why because he doesn't appear (laughs) the way we want him to appear in fact he appears in a way that looks totally contrary to what we think God would do that's part of the message of Christmas. Part of the message of Christmas, part of the message of all Christianity, of, of Christendom, is we have to have the eyes of faith to begin to see things differently, to see things the way God sees them, and that we can get in our own way. We can, by presuming that we know better than God on how we should reveal himself, how we should look, how he should be born, how he should die, how he should come, what kind of family he comes in, we can miss him. And I don't think it's just not a matter of not recognizing, because sometimes we're so focused on ourselves, we don't even see well, absolutely and what, I, what we should even recognize as God. Well, think about it, and it's and it's happening, you know, in our family, I know, and, I, and maybe a few others out there right now. Think about, and again, this is a perfect time. Think about Bethlehem years ago. You mentioned it. There were people coming to that town because of the census. They were all running around worried, you know, what are we going to feed our kids? Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? And right there, right next door, right next door, you know, walking. How many people walk by and just walk by, not thinking? Well, don't we do that today? I mean, I know we're going through that struggle now. We got so many things between work and other things going on that. We can get so busy that we can miss those small opportunities to see him in who we pass. I mean, so again, God is uh, God is truth. God is he doesn't choose things at random. So if he chooses to come in a certain way, he came at a busy time in a town where there was so busy that there wasn't a place to stay. He, he, I mean, God knew he orchestrated all that for it to happen that way. 
And there's so much that can be learned from that. Part of it is exactly be those other people. How many people walk right by the Lord of the universe? How many people walk right by Mary, the mother of God, and just didn't even notice? Not not that they chose to not notice. They didn't even know that was happening. How many times has that happened to us? Probably more than we'd like to know. Like I said, in Matthew 25, it seems to be part of the way God's going to do it. Do we have the eyes of faith and then the intentionality to say, I'm going to look for God around me, in the ordinary, in the people that I meet, in the circumstances in which I find myself? I'm not going to let my life so dictate that I get so, such blinders on that I'm going to miss him or at least I'm going to try not to miss him. And there's a, there, there is so much to learn from really diving into the circumstances which the church, through crushes and nativity scenes and crucifixes and songs and liturgy, are always pointing us to, I think we get so used to just saying the words or seeing it that we, even in those, we miss him, right? You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's why I think this is such, it's the beginning of the year. I mean, the beginning of the year was obviously when Advent started, but I mean, this is the beginning right. of the year. It's a time to maybe reattune ourselves to look, to listen. I mean, I'm challenging myself. I'm not, I'm, I, I mean, I, I know that yesterday and the day before yesterday, you know, when I get to bed, I'm like, you know, dad gummit. I mean, I, I just went through today trying to get through the stuff that I had to get done you know, and then I get upset because we don't have this stuff done or that stuff done for Christmas. And I'm frustrated. And then I'm like, wait, but wait a second. I mean, this is a time for simplicity. This is a time for, hey, we'll do what we can do. All right. We'll do the best that we can do. And whatever it is, let's be together. I mean, the Holy Family was together. I imagine that while they were given the fact that Mary <laughs> was conceived without sin and was sinless, uh, embraced what was going on. And I think, obviously, St. Joseph, while not while still being um, subject to original sin and being in her presence and knowing that he was a righteous man, is showing us, much better than, than I would, that, hey, what's important is we're here, even if it's in a barn. What's what's important is is Jesus is at the center and we're around each other, working together, but we're not focused on all the other stuff. We're focused on, hey, we're together as a family. That's what Christmas is about. And I just think that that's something that's you're I mean, you're hearing part of kind of a little bit of why of what I I'm chastising myself about, but at the same time, some of what so, some of what the what I think that we can learn from the various external signs that that we have available to us um, that can point us to it if we'll just dive into it, not just put it up and say, "Oh, cool, that's up," but actually dive into the what it is, and then recognize it, and then if we can dig into that then we might do a better job of recognizing him the next time we walk out the door. 
the next time we bump into somebody. I think it's a matter of trust, and it's not just trust in action. The one thing I struggle with is trust in the heart. Right. Because I can step forward and, and you know, and, and starting radio stations and doing different things, and, and that's trust in my actions, but God knows my heart. God knows, right. God and, and knows God, I, and, and really, I'm freaking out as I step forward and not having full trust of the heart. You right. know, we've had some family situations where we were, our trust has been, has really shaken lately. Yeah. And um wondering, is this God, is this your doing? Is this your will? You know, we're trying to wonder what's going on because it doesn't feel like it. Right. But stepping forward, we've got to keep stepping forward first but also know that God's going to take care of us. Right, absolutely. And that's and that's really the where it happens because one of the things I think that as you bring it up I'm, I'm we're kind of getting off track but I do think this is what the God <laughs> wants us to talk about today right now. I, I think actually for this show you're on track with being right. off track. So. Right. Exactly. But 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 I think it's <laughs> really important to remember. I think you can learn about a lot of things. Number one and this is what you're this is what what you're saying I think and you can comment on it. But think about what was driving them to Bethlehem. It was the order of a government saying, go and register right. the census. So what was Joseph doing other than doing exactly obeying the authorities over him? Um, what's interesting is, is that, so he's born in Bethlehem on the trip, you know? Yeah. Not, not, not because that's where he's from, but what's interesting is, is that all the, even the, even the, uh, I mean, you see this in multiple places, um, but but even uh, the people recognize the 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 three wise men, you know, in looking at the scriptures that that the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem, right? Um, but other scriptures talk about they will not know where from where he comes, you know. And what's funny is, and so they, obviously, if they're born, if that baby's born in Bethlehem, and these very wealthy people have traveled all the cross, are bowing down and worshiping him, giving him gold, frankincense, and myrrh to these people who who can't even find a place to stay. Right? They are recognizing he's coming from somewhere that I don't recognize, but he's being born exactly where he's supposed to be, and so they're reading into it. Whereas on the other hand, if you listen to people that are talked to the Pharisees and stuff, they say, well, no, but we know where he's from. He's from Nazareth, you know, and that's, so he can't be the Messiah. But they don't even, <laughs> yeah, he, he is, but he was born in Bethlehem. Yeah. And, and so they, they miss him and they use those things. What, what, I, what I'm trying to make this connection with, with you is can we intersect those things that we're called to do as a matter of obedience to people who have really nothing, that government had zero to do with right. God in terms of direct line. It wasn't right. like the the chief priests were saying, go and register. It was, you know, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, who, I mean, I'm just, sure. it was somebody that was just not uh, there, but somehow God is able to do it, work within the confines and get what needs to happen to fulfill it, to move somebody from, a town to that, oops, the baby's born there. So that fulfills that prophecy mm-hmm. because of why, because they were obedient to somebody who did not, would not, you would not think in your mind is acting on behalf of God in order that his, in order that his will be carried out. Right. 
And that's what Jesus says at the cross, right? And what does he say to what does he say to Pontius Pilate? When Pontius Pilate says, uh, do you not know that I have the power to crucify you or to let you go? And what's Jesus say? You have no you would have no power were it not given to you from above. above. Meaning that's a whole nother lesson. Mm-hmm. That even when we're doing something that seems to be very secular, following the rules, that God can actually use that, even if it's not totally apparent at the time that it's him using it, right? right. We're doing I mean, the right not, thing. And it's not necessarily that God can use that. God possibly enacted those rules to happen so that— It would happen and knew right. that the people that really trust him actually— do what they're asked to right. do, not right. not fight against and, it. And I go back to, you know, Joseph not being sinless, you know, right. the Virgin Mary, of course, sinless. But Joseph, I I would imagine, possibly had significant doubts and, and fears and and in moments of thinking, what the heck, I'm, I'm a terrible father and a terrible right. husband. And, you know, I imagine he went through some of that and the visit from the Magi was probably pretty for, nice confirmation. Right. And so you have a, you have those things. But like you're saying, so you're asking those questions about doing it. The fact is he acted. Yeah. So so you could have two ways with a lack of heart, right, Dennis? Right. I mean, some people want the heart to be convinced before they ever act. Right. And and sometimes the answer is I've got to act even though the heart's not fully there. Yeah. What God wants is it for all to be there together. But But – Sometimes you can't get the confirmation until you actually act, even without total. F- and then God sends those moments, which I know you've experienced. We've all had mm-hmm. them, but you you know that's true. That he probably had some doubts. Maybe the height of which was okay. Now she's having a baby in a barn. What kind of dad? What kind of guardian am I? Right. You know. I mean, I'm not I mean to speak for him, but I, no, but, but I can't imagine that would be a normal. Yeah, he's human. Th- human with the response, the, the conditions of a stable with flies, with uh, bugs, uh, with poop. animal. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, everything out there, and he's going through that, and then to have that consolation. How weird is this? You know, yeah. these there are these kings with gold and frankincense and myrrh, more gold probably than I than I would ever earn right. or expect. And there it is, sitting right there. You know, th- those are things that are confirmations. But he would never have experienced a confirmation if he hadn't done it. He would never right. have fulfilled the prophecy had he not, as a as a the guardian of the family say, we've got to go back to Bethlehem. Why? Because the government orders that we go back to Bethlehem. We're going to do it. And again, chewing deeper into what this, one of the great, and this is something that we all need to learn. One of the great saints, uh, St. Francis de Sales, um, talks about discerning God's will for your life. And one of the things that he says is that we have to, um, we have to follow legitimate authority, irrespective of their holiness. <laughs> All right, as long as it's it's legitimate authority, and they're not making As you do something to immoral do something or... immoral. So, going to register is not an immoral act, right? But guess who he points to? He points to Joseph. 
in the Holy Family as being the perfect example of that, because he says there's only one person who is not sinless in that, yet he's the authority of that household. And Mary, if you think about this, flash forward to today, she received the message from an angel that she was going to conceive and bear a son and his name would be Emmanuel, right? And, and he would be Jesus and he would be the son of God, the Holy One of God, which we celebrate. Yes. Yet, you know, think about this. And I had a professor do this once too. So, so a little bit later, you know, they've, they've gotten past, they've gotten past it. And then Joseph receives a dream saying, we need to get up and go to Egypt right now. Like in the middle of the night, like Mary, let's go. And, <laughs> and can you not see in this, you know, in this, in this, she uh, who is nine months she, pregnant, get yeah, on. Yeah, and she's donkey. like going, what are you talking about? I, and by the way, the angel appeared to me, dude. I mean, yeah. you know, if, she, if he wanted us to go, he certainly would have come back to me, right? I mean, of course, she never would have said that because she was betrothed to Joseph. And if Joseph says we need to go. Trusted him. Trusted too. him. She may or may not have been aware of her sinlessness, <laughs> But the bottom line is, of all those people there, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, of all those people there, he was the least likely by sinlessness, by holiness, to make the right decision, if you're, if you're gauging by that. But right. by his authority, God did it. And those, you know, what did Jesus do for all those years? Jesus submitted to the authority of, He's God. He created them. I mean, can you imagine like a t- just you know? This is, I'm not being sacrilegious. I'm just saying. Can you imagine a teenager now, and yeah. I created you. Why the heck do I need to listen to you? Yeah. You know. Yet he submitted to it, which points us to the fact that sometimes God puts authorities over us, and just because they aren't as holy as we would like them to be, Saint Joseph is a different thing, but he certainly was less holy than than Mary. Um, while he was, I mean, he had original sin. Um, but even if there's that, St. Francis de Sales using the kind of the order of the Holy Family of Nazareth points to, well, if it's good enough for Jesus, who's the creator of both of his parents, for him to submit to their authority because they are the authority figures, right? That we need to recognize that God is calling us by that action to say we must submit to legitimate authority and then trust that God can use that no matter how messed up we might think they are. All right. That doesn't mean that we have to agree with things that we know to be against God's law. But if somebody says, well, you got to move here or you got to do this or you got to do that and it's not immoral, then do we have the eyes of faith to say, okay, (laughs) I'm going to trust that you God are, have put me under the authority of this person or that person, and I'm going to say yes to it, but it's going to be because I trust and love you, and even though I can't figure it out, I'm going to do it anyway. And even though the things that are happening to us at the time may not be God's will, the fact that we're following his plan— He'll honor it. He'll honor it and take care of us. Right. It doesn't feel good in in the process, necessarily. It doesn't look good. It doesn't even sometimes look like... Or smell good. good or smell you, right. You may be smell, in the barn. Or smell good. I mean, I just think, you know, I mean, I, again, I'm just trying to put myself, if I was Joseph, there had to... I mean, I, <laughs> I, I mean, 
they're yeah. they're going to be like, okay, God, you know, I'm trusting that this child is your child. Yeah. Okay. But I'm trusting that Mary, I but just, like, can you just, just give me like, like a bed or something? Yeah, really? I mean, <laughs> really? Is this really? <laughs> I, I mean, I could sleep out here. I yeah. mean, but can she not be somewhere yeah. else? Or, yeah. I mean, I just, so every time we say really, which, mm-hmm. which, I mean, if we have a conversation with God, there are times when we go, I mean, this couldn't this like have been something different than what it is. I mean, yes. I mean, it sure would have been nicer if you had done it this way. Well, the whole of this season, the whole of Christianity points to God somehow is able to use, you know, there's that line, draw crooked. I mean, draw straight with crooked lines. Right. Well, I mean, I never understood that until I probably started living it. I mean, yeah. And you're like, okay, now I look back and I can see, well, he got me to here, but probably because of my n- not being as obedient or not paying attention, yes. you know, even though I went left and right and zigzagged, he still got me here in spite of myself, um, but without going against me. In other words, without overruling my will, somehow he got me here, even though I fought it tooth and nail <laughs> as I got there. Um and got my will to do it. And you look back and you go, yeah, he got me exactly where he meant to go, but it didn't. This is a time to look and talk about those things. I mean, if we are in a position where we're down a little bit, we're not as busy as, I mean, I wish we were less busy than we are, but mm-hmm. I mean, it is a time when there's no school and there's no, you know, I'm just traveling, but even in the car, I think that's a good time to talk. Sure. Um, to talk about these things and just, I mean, you don't even have to say much more than, man, what do you, I mean, let's go look at a barn. Let me, let's go smell the, let's go smell a barn. And how would, how would you feel like if your husband took you here to, <laughs> to have a baby and this is as good as it gets, or how would you feel if you as a dad, this is all you could do? Or I think those are things that can be done that can actually get us to connect with the fact that those things that they represent are actual representations of what, of things that happened and that God chose those things to happen to reveal something to us. And part of the comfort that we can receive is when things don't look as good as we'd like, or don't work out the way we want to, if we're trusting and we go, then we can do it. What is the foot of the cross? Mary doing other than accepting it right i mean i think that now is a perfect time and you can do this with little kids i mean you know they don't have to be i mean maybe not two-year-olds but i mean certainly five or six-year-olds like how would you you know <laughs> if little brother or sister was there what if we lived for a day or two in a barn how you know when it was chilly and just to think about that and then be able to say you know, Jesus did that for us. God, you know, Mary and Joseph were there. What do you think that might tell us about? And leave it open and pray for the Holy Spirit. I am amazed that if you pray to the Holy Spirit and you just leave open-ended questions, you'll be amazed at the things that will come out of five- and six-year-olds. <laughs> In fact, they'll be so convicting many times that you'll recognize that they're actually probably coming directly <laughs> from God. Yeah. I mean, because they'll, they'll say something that just like hits you between the eyes and that's purposeful. 
that this would be a purposeful parent is and being open to doing that. But this is a time with more downtime than normal. This is a time with really honestly more symbols and more discussion about Jesus and what's Merry, you know, what's Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays. Mm-hmm. There's more opportunities. So you're together more and you actually have more opportunities coming up. This is a time at the beginning of the year to start laying the groundwork for what God has revealed, how can we help open them up to the kids? And all we have to do is just point them out. We don't like we've talked about it, and because n- nobody's calling, so <laughs> we just keep talking. But sure. But a good thing is just to ask the question or point out to them and say, "Well, how would that make you feel?" Or yeah, I mean, and and see what happens. And then that's a great time to. Um, allow for the contemplation of what's going on, what we're celebrating, that God became man. The second person in the Holy Trinity took on our human nature to show us our dignity and that our dignity is not found in, in the circumstances in which we found ourselves. Our dignity is found in the fact that we exist. Our dignity is found in the fact that we exist because the God who loves us brought us into existence. That's why abortion and other things are, we got to recognize it's not based on who we are, what we can do, how talented we are, you know, how handsome we are, how pretty we are. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that we exist, that our humanity is so precious that the God who created it would actually take it on 100%. And the only thing he would leave out is sin, which is what? the way we turn away from our dignity, the way we choose to not be what we were created to be. And sometimes chasing after that comfort of a nicer home or a a hotel room when God maybe wants us in the barn, right? (laughs) That we can be sinful in terms of saying, well, certainly God doesn't want this to happen, so I'm going to do this. I mean, mean, perhaps Joseph could have said, well, I'm going to beat that guy up (laughs) and take his spot or whatever. I mean, there's things that, but he accepted it. And there's something about being Christian that says, I'm going to accept what God gives. This is a great time. It's, it is a absolutely fantastic time because of the time with your family to purposely parent and then to learn something yourself. So I know we're getting to the end and I didn't even get to any Pope Benedict, but (laughs) But but I'm glad we talked about this. Yeah. Hopefully it was helpful it, for it you It was all. very much something I needed to talk about. Yeah. So at, at this very time. So but anyway, you. y'all um y'all pray. Have a have a wonderful Christmas. Please let's keep all of us focused on Jesus himself and, and the great gift that he is to us. And um no matter what barn God puts you in, yeah. Just trust you know, trust yeah. that you're supposed to be in that barn or if even if it's not God's will that you be in that barn, that you get through that and he'll get Episode. you ready to go yeah, by eventually. It. And so I, I just, like I said, uh, enjoy this season. Uh, enjoy the silence, the time together, and just um, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. 
Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. 